Hello, nice to see you again. Except that, you know, I can't see you because it's a podcast and so it doesn't work that way, but you know what I'm saying. Anyhow, welcome back to TCK Care, the podcast. And joining us on the show today is a friend of mine from church. Um, someone introduced me to him and said, you got to meet this guy because he was from, he was in Nigeria too. And now every time we see each other in the hallways, we kind of give each other that chin nut that um, people in Nigeria <laughs> give each other when they see each other. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. so joining us on the show today is uh, Bill Kieselhorst. Uh, Bill, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for asking. Yeah, absolutely. Good to have you. Um, so, Bill, uh, where are you from? When? <laughs> <laughs> Good. You you have answered this question correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean where home is? I don't have any idea. Um, no, I was raised in California. Um. um Went in the Peace Corps after college, which radically changed my life, just the cross-cultural experience, and uh, went out as a missionary with young kids later, uh, returned to Oregon, and I've been in Oregon ever since. Okay. So I guess Oregon is home. Yeah. But Africa is a major part of what home is to us. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. We were just talking earlier, and, you know, and the old adage is true that you can take a missionary out out of Africa, but you can't take Africa out of a missionary. And I'm sure that if uh, if you are in Africa, TCK or uh, former Africa worker, perhaps you get that too. So yeah. Um, and then Bill, you have uh, you have four children, right? Right. And uh, you took them all overseas right. uh, with you as well, right? And that's what really what we're going to be getting into today, um, ladies and gentlemen. We are. Um, talking uh, about TCK care, but from the parent, from the perspective of uh, of a parent of a father, and so um, I've uh, I've just been looking forward to this interview in particular, just because obviously being a father of TCKs is something that uh, I do, um, and it's something that I think that you know if if you're listening to this podcast and you are a father, then this is something that's heavy on your heart too to father your children well, and we definitely want to hear. Uh, get some wisdom from our brothers uh, who have gone before us. So, yeah. Bill, can you tell me a little bit about um, about your kids and how old they were when you went overseas? Uh, we had an adopted daughter from India who was 18 when we went, and she was sort of out of sync with the rest of the family because the, the rest of the kids are younger. So mm-hmm. she was with us for a year and then came home. So she was not really part of the picture generally with what we did in in Nigeria and I have three boys uh I had uh my oldest boy was two when we had twin boys and so they're virtual triplets and Mm. uh you know it was 25 years of chaos with those guys (laughs) and uh yeah. We were the the boy the twins were eight when we went to Nigeria and John was ten. Okay. And so we homeschooled for a year and then put them in a mission school in north central Nigeria on the Joss Plateau. Mm. Uh after that, which was a good move for us. Uh Adolescents sometimes don't homeschool particularly well. Some do, some don't. <laughs> sure. Yeah, Ours yeah. didn't. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Uh, was that Hillcrest that you put them in? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, nice. And my wife taught at Hillcrest. Okay. Oh, very cool. And I traveled. Yeah, right. 
we have a lot of Hillcrest connections. Um, I'll bet you do. Yeah, so that's great. Um, so uh, where uh, where was your family living at the time? Were you living in Joss? We were. We uh, we didn't live on uh, on the the school campus. We lived. We had a home outside, about sure, a mile from the campus. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we didn't live on a compound. Yeah. I'm with a small mission, and so we didn't have the big um, mobilized mission groups that the larger missions had, mm-hmm. which was it was difficult in some respects and a blessing in others. It made us indigenize faster, I think, and mm-hmm. stay pretty much indigenous, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is very helpful in the ministry in the long run. It can be painful in the beginning, but... yeah. Yeah, I hear you. And then, how far uh, how far did you travel typically? Like, was it a day away, two days? Uh, I'd be two days away by road, mm-hmm. uh, a day and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd go out for fourteen days. Yeah, no phones. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I honestly thought of carrier pigeons. Mm. And there were some that used carrier pigeons in the old days. Uh, wow. You know, this is no phones. There were phones. They just didn't work. Uh, <laughs> fax came in at some point, which revolutionized everything, except the phone didn't work long enough to send a fax, so fax didn't work either. <laughs> of course. And, of course, no email. And yeah. turnaround, a turnaround time for a letter to my mission was uh, 14 days. Mm. And so that's a lot of time. Yeah. And that necessarily meant that we were pretty self-sufficient. Right. Extremely self-sufficient. Yeah. I, and that's that's both good and bad. I mean, it's isolating, and, but it's also, um, it forces you to, to stand up. And, sure. Uh, and it... <laughs> Uh, you you figure out really quickly that it's God who brought you here and not your own adventure because you're not going <laughs> to survive your own adventure doing this and uh, and that's important I think yeah and then how long were you in Nigeria for we were there for five years only and um, and the main reason for that was that my oldest graduated from high school so it was time to go home okay and yeah. uh, there was nothing that uh, we were going to do about it, and that was the best solution. And so that was over. And I think I've been adjusting to that ever since. Uh, I was not ready to come home. Mm. So I really, I really was in my zone. In this. Uh, but, you know. As a missionary and in ministry, you'd better figure out that your kids are the barometer mm. for your ministry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, from a male standpoint, it's your wife and your children that are the barometer. Yeah. And yes, the Holy Spirit may have spoken something to you and told you about your call or whatever, but if the family's ding whammy, then uh, guess what? <laughs> so. <laughs> So, yeah, that was uh, a mature adult decision to come home and take care of my kids. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but that was tough. Yeah. It was, very, it was tough for all of us. Uh, it was awful coming home. Mm. How so? Um, 
We liked Africa. We loved Africa. And we, Africa suited us very well. And, you know, we came back to insecurity and, you know, I mean, what are you going to do after you've been a, a missionary in the depths of Africa and come back to suburban America, white suburban America and find yeah. A meaningful role. Uh, well, yeah, you can find a meaningful role, but it isn't going to fill the, it's not going to fill the empty place. Right. And so we grieved for years. Um, mm. I think it took me five, seven years to get over it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That loss. Pardon? That loss. Did it get over the loss? Yeah. 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 That's, that's and good. I, and I, in a way, I didn't want to. I, I didn't. Didn't want to get over it? Yeah, I didn't want to abandon it. I mm. uh, and I, I think my kids were the same way. And uh, you know, I remember sitting around our dining room table with teenage boys, hulking teenage boys, mm -hmm. sobbing because they missed the guy who worked in our house, right? Samson, who was this dear old man, and yeah. uh, they just loved the guy. And wow. How do you how do you how do you deal with this? Mm -hmm. um, so it was it was heartbreaking mm -hmm. coming back. So it sounds like they weren't really they weren't really ready for it at the time either. And yes and no. My oldest was because he was headed to college, and that was fine for him. Mm -hmm. uh, the twins were still in high school, and mm -hmm. it it wasn't. No, I don't think they were ready to do that. And, yeah. And they had a much tougher adjustment. Uh, of course, they were younger. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, they were 15 when we moved back, which, as far as I'm concerned, is the absolute worst time to move a human being. And mm. it was still the best option open to us. And so we had to do it. Mm -hmm. And I knew it was going to be a tough road to hoe for a lot of years that we were going to have to drag those guys through a white suburban high school mm -hmm. and they weren't particularly academic anyway. Mm. They had marginal learning disorders. They were certainly intelligent enough, mm -hmm. but, uh, and so it was rough. And, uh, but as I always said, well, these, these guys are going to be good men and, they are good men. Mm. <laughs> I'm relieved and happy to say. <laughs> You're never sure in the moment, right, how things are going to end. You, know, you don't. You don't. Yeah. And, uh, but it's, uh, you know, being a missionary, I think, tests you to the max. I mean, your, your worst is going to come out in the cross-cultural stress. Yeah. Your best is going to come out in your giftedness. Mm -hmm. And I think the same thing is true for every, every dependent in the, in the family. Mm. Everybody deals with stress differently and everyone goes off at different times. And so, <clears throat> but if you make the adjustments, you are going to be a... A good human mm. because of what's required of you and what's required of your soul. 
and what's required of you to accept others the way they are mm-hmm. rather than the way you want them to be. Mm. And that makes us big people. Yeah. Uh, each of my twins, every job they've ever gotten, now my twins now are 43. Every job they've ever gotten, they got because the job interview ended when the interviewer discovered that they had been educated in Nigeria. Hmm. So that went into a whole conversation about Africa and Nigeria and being a, an MK in a cross-cultural situation and and the twins being... You know, missionary kids are verbal, and they're, <laughs> and they're, and they're highly relational. Yeah. They're fascinating kids, yeah. wonderful kids. Yeah. And easy to talk to, and, and just, I don't know what it is, but they are. They're all that way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they, I mean, that got them the job. And hmm. uh, each of them, four or five jobs that got that way, just <laughs> because people thought they were so fascinating that... Yeah. It's fascinating that they had grown up in Africa. So that's really cool. Yeah, it's, uh, it's that moment when it really does uh, it does pay off to play that uh, "I grew up in Africa" card. You know, yes. so, yeah, sometimes play, you want to stay you know, away from that, but other times it really plays to your benefit. Yeah, yeah. it's been forty years, and I still play that card <laughs> because I've never gotten over it. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't want to get over it. Right. Yeah. I've made my adjustments, and I think I'm a healthy person. But yeah. That was a fabulous time in our life as a family, and yeah. we relate very strongly to it. That's really cool. I wanted to go back to what you were saying earlier about how um, making that adjustment, um, is it can be a really hard thing in the moment, but um, uh, that really adds to uh, your character um, and just adds to your experience. And I was wondering if that was, if you think that may be true for, uh, especially the twins' adjustment back to the States, that having that hard time and living through that made them better for it? Or do you feel like it was just... Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, when you go to a foreign culture, you do the adjusting because you have to. And if you don't, you're going home. And so you have to, so you do. Mm-hmm. And some are better at, at it than others, and some are, are faster at it than others. Mm-hmm. But everyone makes their own adjustments. When you come back home, um, you know, maybe you're going to adjust and maybe you aren't. I mean, you've got a little more choice here, I think, uh, or at least we think we do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and with with a 15-year-old, there's nothing more important than fitting in with all the other 15-year-olds and all of whom are crazy anyway, but (laughs) at least hormonally going off. And um, so they, uh, you know, that adjustment is necessary. And I think that having done it in a foreign country, in a foreign country, coming back home, I think they know how to do it and what is required. Mm-hmm. At least innately, they understand that. Right, yeah. And yet all of my kids have have hung on to that African part of themselves with a certain amount of pride. Mm. And I'm really glad for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
all of my kids can lapse into pigeon in a minute. Mm-hmm. It's just it's hilarious. And, yeah. Uh, and watching them adjust to America was hilarious to me <laughs> because all of the stuff that bugs me about a materialistic culture bugged them too. Yeah. And I thought, huh, it's interesting. Hmm. I remember going out to dinner with some people and they, they just kept asking questions. You want, let's see, do you want soup or salad? And, and do you want, what kind of dressing do you want? They've got seven different kinds of dressing. <laughs> and, you know, and in, in Nigeria, you go in and you say, bring food. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We've gone into, we, we would go into restaurants and, you know, especially like a smaller restaurant on the side of the road that's on the road to the, <laughs> right. where you're trying to get to. You go in and they're like, well, this is our menu, and we have 20 items here. Among them are shark fin soup, um, American-style hamburgers, um, all this stuff. And you, you look at them and you say, okay, well, what do you have today? And they're like, well, we have corn food. Like, oh, well, you know what? I'll take the corn food. That I guess sounds good. that's what we're going to have, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I hear you. The choices when you come back to the States... Uh, I, th- that's just that's just ridiculous. I've heard people like having emotional meltdowns in the grocery store. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Cereal? I melted down in front 50, of the cereal department. Yeah, and, fifty uh, different kinds of cereal. Yeah, why? And I couldn't find anything with any food value in it, and <laughs> so I yeah. went back home, and <laughs> yeah. because I couldn't make a decision, and Kathy yeah. said, "Did you get some cereal?" No. Oh, one of those days, huh? Yep. <laughs> I'll try again tomorrow, I guess. Oh, man. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Well, with our kids, you know, it was interesting. Some of their peers really loved the fact that they had lived in Africa and really really thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And some kids were really kind of threatened by that and just thought that was just weird. Mm. But that's 15-year-old behavior, too. Sure. And, uh, so, and they, you know, there's nothing to do but live through that and right. find out who your friends are going to be. And, right. And uh, for them, uh, you know, uh, kids, all their friendships are made in junior high, you know, and, and, that, and they don't make new friends in high school. They stick with their old friends. Right. And so they arrive with no friends. Mm-hmm. And it was tough yeah. on them. Yeah. Or, and or, they get picked up by the wrong friends. Sure. That certainly weren't of the caliber of kids that they went to school with in Nigeria. Yeah. And none of them were of that caliber, and which was very disturbing to Kathy and me. But. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I guess we're going to go through this also. <clears throat> mm. And we did. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was tough. Yeah. I'm just grateful that my kids didn't experiment a whole lot with drugs. I'm sure they smoked pot, but mm-hmm. I, I'm just glad they didn't. And uh, thank you, Jesus. I, that's all I can say. <laughs> because yeah. nowadays, who knows? what could happen and uh, yeah. especially again when you're dealing with the emotion of cross-cultural stress that brings out some weird stuff in you right. that um, and there's no telling how that's going to play out with an adult let alone a, t- a teenager so. yeah well adjustment cultural adjustment is so hard like we were talking 
about a little while ago, you don't know what a worldview is until you meet someone who has a different worldview than you. Yeah. And they, they, they look funny. They do because they wear different clothes because that's just a small superficial manifestation of that alternative worldview. But to go into a country where the entire country has a different worldview than you do, <laughs> that just feels amazingly distressing yes sometimes especially in the parts that are weird yeah right exactly <laughs> which you know for the most part it's all of it right, right, yeah, really, right. but then <coughs> repatriation coming back to coming back to uh, your home country whatever that may be and uh, you know your home country host country passport country your parents country whatever however you want to call it um that's that can feel just as big if not bigger because it's an invisible uh it's an invisible barrier that you have to cross. Right. And, you know, for a, a, for a couple of white kids to move back to white America, um, okay, well, you look white, and for the most part, more or less, you speak white, um, so you are white, right? Well, you know, no. No. Your yeah. soul is part black. Yeah, exactly. And it really is, and that is a reality. Yeah. And actually, that's the beautiful part. Right, yeah. It is beautiful. That's true. Yeah. There, you know, I heard someone, I want to say it was here in Oregon. I don't know if it was maybe down in Eugene or some, somewhere, but he said that his son uh, came to uh, came to the university here in Oregon and they gave him a scholarship uh, just for having spent time overseas because they recognized that it's a beautiful thing to have diversity. And they said, you're going to be, you're, you know, you're going to make a positive impact on our campus and we want you here. And so they gave him some money just for having spent time in his childhood Overseas, I think he grew up in uh, Germany or something like mm -hmm. that. So it is a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got to live through it first. Well, and it's tough, and 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 living through it is a skill, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's yeah. uh, oh boy. The fact of the matter is, you better find someone who's been there and done that. And if if you find, especially another missionary or another MK or another TC. If you if you find someone, at least you can laugh and cry together, right? Uh, or you can laugh at this dumb culture that you came home to mm -hmm. that thinks that there's only one way to eat and it's out of a box. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, and I, it's I I think I have laughed my hardest in my life at, at, with ex-missionaries who are trying to make this re-enculturation, <laughs> uh, re this re-entry thing, and it's and it's very painful, and it isn't even worth it. I don't even want to be like these people anymore, <laughs> but I've got to be. <laughs> so, how do you do this? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, man. But I think it, it helps immensely to find someone else who is going through it or has gone through it. Mm. Just to compare notes, <laughs> and yeah. it 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 helps a great deal. <clears throat> and unfortunately, it's so much easier to do that nowadays. You know, what with technology and social media, it's easier to find groups and ways to connect. And yes, there's so much more awareness that that is a really difficult adjustment to make. And I think that uh, hopefully most mission organizations and sending organizations are doing things to make sure that when you come back to the states, you are connected. Right. Um, but if you're listening to this and maybe you haven't uh, haven't made those connections yet or haven't thought about making those connections yet, this is something that I would highly encourage you to do. Like Bill is saying, this is one of the most important things you can do to um, work through that adjustment is um, 
just not to do it alone, you know, so. Yeah, and we, I mean, we went out of our way to find foreigners. And, uh, you know, Portland is a is an Anglo city, and it's mm-hmm. not easy to find an African restaurant in Portland. Mm-hmm. But they're there. Mm-hmm. And and we sniffed them out. I mean, you know, you and you need that. Yeah. We went to college campuses and and joined uh, uh, student ministries, foreign student ministries, to be sponsors and you know just to hang out with people who spoke with an accent. It didn't matter where they came from. Yeah. That's a good cool idea. It, uh, yeah, and and it took an edge off of our pain, I think, uh, mm. to be able to hang with these kids. Also, knowing that they were suffering. Yeah. And that we could probably help them through that suffering, mm-hmm. and uh, so it, it, and all of that is enriching. All of that is incredibly enriching. Mm. The problem is you don't figure that out for about ten years. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh man, hindsight twenty twenty. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You know, for us, we had a small mission, and. So we didn't have all those support things. Mm-hmm. And either you find it in your local church that you go home to, mm-hmm. or you don't. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, you don't. And so you're treading water for a long time. And I think we were just pretty much bleeding arterially for a good six months of just just in pain. Mm. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. And and people all say, well, gee, isn't it nice to be home? Yeah. And, well, yeah, yeah, it is. But the pizza isn't quite so good as we remember it. And, uh, you know, we really miss pepe soup. Yeah. And nobody can make pepe soup. Yeah. Here. And so it's it's those things. Uh or it's people who, who say, gee, it's good to see you again. I haven't seen you in a long time. Let's do lunch. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Mm-hmm. And then there's no call and there's no, and you never see them again. Yeah. Well, that's American too, at least for the West Coast of, uh, you know, hi, how are you? And that's it. Uh, oh, you want to see all of my photos of Africa? Not really. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gee, thanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, man. and it it really is people who have lived cross culturally. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna bond with those who have, and that's a shared experience, and you need it mm-hmm. because it's deep, mm-hmm. it's painful, it's mm-hmm. where you're hurting, mm-hmm. it's it's a place where God has touched you very deeply. Mm-hmm. You've given your heart to a to a to another people. Right. God required that of you, and he did it. Yeah. And it's a whole lot deeper than you think. Yeah. Over the years. I mean, it's been, what, 30 years since I've, 25, 25 years since I've been, lived on the field. I mean, I've gone back every other year mm-hmm. to Nigeria, mm-hmm. but and I still work with Nigeria. I, I, yeah. I hung up my sandals this year. And okay. I, I said, okay, I'm not traveling anymore. Yeah. But... Over the years, I have purposefully found missionaries, and I go to a lot of missionary conferences, and I see missionaries that are hurting, just just visibly hurting, mm-hmm. and I try and go sit down and have dinner with them or something just to just to talk. 
mm-hmm. just to, I because I know that I can talk them through a portion of what it is they're dealing with, and I know that. Yeah. Why? Because I've been there. That's why. And right. uh, exactly. So there's there are there are people around at different stages of this this development. One of the things I've noticed with missionaries is that for the most part we're pretty independent people. Mm-hmm. And so we can deal with this. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And so we're going to hunker down and deal with it. And what they end up doing is isolating mm-hmm. and hunkering down and dealing with it. Okay, well, you're not really dealing with it. You're, you know, you're isolating. Yeah. But we're tough. We'll get through this. Yeah. And yeah, you will. Uh, but still, let's talk. You yeah, know, I mean, right. you, there, we really need to draw each other out. Yeah, and and the stories are marvelous to tell, and they're marvelous to hear. Mm. And then, uh, Bill, if I can touch on one one last subject with you, um, I think you know one of the one of the constituents listening to this podcast is going to be TCK care providers, and um, another constituent is families who are uh, thinking about going onto the field. And hopefully those TCK care providers will be taking episodes like this and passing it on to those families. And uh, my question on their behalf, those families who are just thinking about going on to this and going overseas and thinking about what it's going to take and what it's going to mean for them, both, uh, both when they're overseas and also on the long term, how do you count the cost of what this does to yourself and what this does uh, to your children? I don't know that you can... I don't think you can count the whole cost. You don't know. Uh, But it's going to be a major adjustment. And the question is, are you adaptable? Mm. And are you open to adjusting? Especially the the big one is food. Mm -hmm. You know, and you can't keep eating Wheaties for for five years. You just, you, you can't, or whatever the latest junk food is, you can't. Well, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe Costco is in all these countries now. <laughs> Maybe you can't. But you're going to make do some major adjusting. And if you're a rigid person and you know you're a rigid person, I suggest you not do this unless you want to break that down in yourself and mm-hmm. break through that rigidity. Mm-hmm. And you know it's an unhealthy rigidity. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's going to be tough. Yeah. And I've lived in three different cultures in my time. The first time I did this, I was 25 in the Peace Corps, and it was hard then. And it was, it's always hard. Mm-hmm. But what's on the other side of it? Uh, what, is it? Is it worth it? Are, what's, your, what's your ministry? What's your job? What are you doing? Mm. And is that compelling? And is that worth the suffering? Because you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer hard for a year or two. Mm. And and you, there will come a point where it's somewhere around a year and a half to two years. Kathy and I call it the wall, where you hit the wall. Mm-hmm. It isn't fun living here anymore. It isn't interesting. I don't really like these people. These yeah. people are really flat out annoying. <laughs> and and you're right, they are. Well, all people are annoying. Yeah. And and so your your emotion for them changes to resentment for because they are the way they are Mm -hmm. okay well then you got the opportunity to break through and really love these people Mm -hmm. when they're unlovable and unlovely and you start seeing the unlovely parts of them do you still accept them 
that's true gospel. That that yeah. really is that takes Christ. Yeah. And if you break through that, you're going to be a very rich, enriched, and enriching person. Mm-hmm. If you don't break through that, you're going to be annoying. You may as well go home. Yeah. You're going to cause damage to the field. Right. And you better know that about yourself, and that's hard to know about yourself. Mm. I, I equate it with camping. Go camping with somebody. You want to find out who they are? Go camping for a week with somebody. You'll find <laughs> out just how annoying they really are. Yeah. You know, you find out a whole lot. Yeah. Well, what what is that? Okay, well, it's an emotional response to certain deprivations that you that you mm. don't want to be deprived of. Mm-hmm. And so you start reacting. Mm-hmm. And, okay, how bad do you react? And, and are you going to get through this? And do you adjust? Mm-hmm. And if you adjust fairly easily, you're probably, probably going to be successful. Right. The problem is the, 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 the tougher the culture, the more the adjustment. And so you're adjusting on 100% of the fronts. Mm-hmm. There isn't any escape. Mm-hmm. And basically your home is your escape. Mm-hmm. And I say keep your home as American as you can or as, you know, whoever you are. Mm-hmm. Keep it normal for you. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, take some videos with you and, uh, you know, watch the Avengers over and over. For us, it was the Blues Brothers. I think my kids memorized the entire Blues Brothers movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, all right, whatever. If that if that ministers to your pain, then fine. Um you know, someone visits and brings five pounds of M&Ms. Oh, bless them. You know, and uh, so, I mean, that, that's how you get through it sometimes. Yeah. Um, well, this ties in nicely with uh, what uh, Mary Larson was saying on uh, the episode where she's talking about how to help kids reenter. She was talking about how important it is to um, speak well of your home country and to really foster a love and a respect for your home country uh, because without that, uh, there's really no reason for kids to make the adjustment to living in that home country. And so I really like what you're saying, Bill, about you know taking taking a piece of home with you and making your new home yeah. uh, home as well. Yeah. Taking your home cu- culture with yeah. you and making that a, leaving that a part of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you know there there is that ilk of uh, the mission world of of going native and all of that is is you're not a real missionary if you do that stuff. You know you're going to cause yourself some emotional and psychological damage if you put yourself if you're a bruchko and you're not prepared for it. Yeah. And you're going to plunge into this and and be a native in the first two weeks. Uh, no, you're 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 gonna go retrograde sooner or later. That's gonna cost you dearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just a human, and you you have to adjust. If you've got a family, you've got to you've got to help your family adjust. Right. You have to live in such a way that you're gonna make it for three to five to ten years, whatever. Let's say three to five, because that's the realistic adjustment, and that. That's a gradual process. It's a gradual letting go of your 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 stuff and a gradual picking up of what's local. Right. And that's fine. Yeah. But go easy on yourself. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking with us, Bill, and uh, for sharing some some words of advice and uh, sharing just your experience with your kids. And I uh, really appreciate hearing about that. And uh, 
love to have you back on the podcast again sometime. Great. I just, as far as I'm concerned, there's no better way to use your life than this way. I, I, an incredible experience. I'd do it again in a minute. All right. Awesome. Would you do it for your kids as well? Sure. Yeah. I would. Definitely. Mm. And it's hard. Yeah. It's hard on everybody. Yeah. But it builds character. Mm. And anything that builds character is hard. Mm-hmm. But this builds a rich mm. character. Awesome. Thanks for listening to TCK Care, the podcast. This is your host, Stephen Black. And just looking back at the conversation, I really appreciate Bill for taking the time to join us on the show and share some of his experience, both past and present. And something that just stood out to me was when he was talking about reentry, how important it is not to go through that experience alone. For you, for your kids, um, if you're a, if you're the parent of a TCK, community makes the world of difference in debriefing and processing your experience on a sort of as needed basis. So, and that was great advice. Just you know, you can't just don't go through this alone. Um, and uh, if you feel like you are going through it alone. Just head on over to tckcare.com, uh, hit the uh, contact page, reach out to me, and uh, we'll find we'll find you somebody to go through this with you, to go through reentry with you, and to uh, share in the joys and the struggles, and uh, laugh at uh, laugh at the home country like we were talking about. So yeah, just uh, reach out, love to hear from you uh, for any reason really. The other thing that stood out to me was when Bill talked about how uh, adjustment adaptation is really a choice and going to, you know, going to live overseas, the choice is a little bit more obvious there and sort of influences whether or not you stay and for how long, that kind of thing. But coming back, uh, the choice is different in that, number one, you really do get to choose whether or not how whether or not you adjust to your home country and how much to, right? But the consequences of that choice are fundamentally different as you know, when you return to your home country, um, you're not gonna, you're not necessarily going to leave if you decide that you can't or won't make that choice. So it's just a matter of choosing, uh, choosing what to adapt and how much to, how much you're going to adapt and live in your host country. So adaptation is a choice, um, but you got to bear the, you got to bear the process and also the consequences in mind as you're going through that experience. And to wrap it up, I just wanted to say happy belated Father's Day to all the fathers, especially fathers of TCKs. Um, but man, if you're a dad listening in on this, I just want to say happy happy belated Father's Day. Um, I pray that uh, God bless you as you raise your kids and uh, strive to do a good job of it. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app, share it with your friends, and stay tuned next week for more TCK Care.